Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey guys, it's your boy Dylan here, and I just wanted to talk to you guys about our sponsor for today's show as we are part of the Believe Podcast Network, and that is Bet Online. We are back and better than ever. A new web interface for the rest of the NBA season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE50 to receive your bonus. That is B-L-E-A-V-50 to receive your bonus. That is all capitalized. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. I'm your host today, Dylan Hunzinger at Thunder Chats, and I'm joined first of all by uh, just one person. It is uh, it is my man Alex in Oklahoma. Alex, how's it going, boss? Boss, it's good, boss. man. I mean, hey, I'm, I'm the size of a bus, so it's all good. <laughs> uh, it's going good, man. It's it a good victory tonight. It was a little bit, it got a little bit hairy there in the last couple minutes of the game, but you know, we went to Toronto and our our Canadians pulled it out. So. Yes, sir. We was running through the six with our woes, and you know, with, yes. uh, thankfully, there's no woes after the game, just W. So, uh, you know, we'll get into that here in a little bit. But um, before we get into the Thunder game that happened tonight and also Monday night, uh, there was a bit of news that happened. Um, I think it was yesterday, right? Yes, it was. Yeah, there was some news that dropped yesterday that um, may or may not affect the Thunder. So. We're going to talk about that right now. And I think it was Sham Sharanya tweeted out that basically the Indiana Pacers are looking to go into full rebuild mode. And mm. they're open, basically open season on players like Karis Levert, Miles Turner, and Demonis Sabonis. So yeah. as Thunder fans do, you know, we have this huge stockpile of draft picks. Immediately fans started theorizing, you know, what's it going to take to get Demonis Bonus? And I mean, there was, it, it, it kind of divided the fan base. There were sex that wanted Demonis Bonus or sex that wanted Miles um, Turner. I um, mean, you know, there was a few people that was like, you know, I would love to see Karis LeVert on this roster. And I'm like, he doesn't really make sense with our guards, but like everybody had an opinion on every single one of these players. Um, and so I, I'm just going to kind of kick it off to you, Alex. Uh, whenever this news first dropped, uh, what was your first initial thoughts and how it pertains to the Thunder? Uh, so, and how it pertains to the Thunder, it's, it's kind of like, like you get excited when you see stuff like that because this process that we're going through, it's arduous. You know, you have to be patient as a fan with this process. And, 
you know, fan, the word, the word fan comes from the word fanatical or fanaticism. Um, and patience is not something that's often used when it comes to fanaticism. Um, and so whenever I heard this, of course, you know, as a fan, you're like, oh, you know, could we make a play for one of the bigs? You know, could we make a play for Domas? Could we make a play for Miles Turner? And they would, both of them would be an instant upgrade to what we currently have on the roster. Mm-hmm. You know, no, you know, no, no offense to JRE, who's a rookie. Uh, no offense to Mike Muscala, who is a super sub. I don't know if he would perform as well as a 30-minute starter um, in this league, but as a super sub, you know, that role fits him quite well. Um, and so, you know, having a guy like Miles Turner, who happens to be kind of like a 3 and D center, you know, a guy that can step out, shoot three, a guy who is pretty good on the block as far as defensively, um, you know, they would instantly give us some credibility in the middle um, defensively. Domas, we've had him before. You know, we, he was here for his rookie season, um, and he's turned and blossomed into an all-star, you know, with the Pacers. But, the big but, um, if you look at this objectively, um, if you look at this with smart fan eyes, um, patience is going to be the key. And mm-hmm. diving in there right now and trying to get Sabonis, trying to get Miles Turner, who, hey, on their own, yes, great player, good players, not great players, good players. Um, but collectively on this roster, I don't think they necessarily put us where we want to go in two to three years. You know, they they raise our floor, they get us to the middle, and that's it. You know, and that's not where we want to be. You know, we want to be bottom for a season or two, get those good draft picks, get those good players with those draft picks. Um, and then see where our roster stands in two years and go from there. Um, so even though initially it got my heart pumping a little bit, you know, as I, as my hot, you know, as the adrenaline kind of wore off, um, as a fan, you kind of look at it and you're like, you know what, it's not time at this moment to, to bring, to do a move like that. So Mm -hmm. as, as boring as that sounds, you know, it's, I don't think it's time for us to make a move like that. Oh, yeah, I'm, and you know, I'm right there with you. Like, I mean, I put out the tweet, you know, just asking, like, I wonder what it would take to get Demonis Sabonis. You know, mm-hmm. put out one of those things, like, oh, maybe I whipped up a quick Photoshop real quick, and you know, just you know, the old <laughs> yeah. pictures of Sabonis on there. Um, and and, and you know, I, I I do genuinely, you know, wonder, like, what would it take? What is Indiana looking for? You know, it's that they say they're going with full mm-hmm. rebuilds, or are they trying to get? prospects do they like are they demanding like a young star do they want picks like you know what's what's their thought process behind it all but in my eyes personally like you know Sabonis is great you know I love Sabonis he's fun to watch play he's an all-star but I feel like for this team he doesn't really fit the mold of a guy that can dribble pass and shoot like you know he, he can pass yeah. the ball really well. He doesn't have a great handle, and he hasn't proven to be a consistent threat from, you know, shooting the ball, you know, 15 foot and out. Um, you know, he's phenomenal in the post. He's a beast on the glass. Like, he's got great basketball IQ, and he can pass the ball, you know, with – like, he's up there, like, not quite Jokic, but, you know, he, he's in the same conversation in terms of a big that can pass the basketball. 
but mm-hmm. he can't defend a paper bag, feels like. Um, he's yeah. slow, and, you know, he can't shoot. And it's like, for those, you know, pull Mark Cuban, for those reasons, I'm out, like, on Sabonis, like, as, as fun as he would be. And then you go to Miles Turner, and he's literally the opposite of Demonis Sabonis. Like, he plays good defense. Mm-hmm. He's leading the league in blocks right now. He's shooting almost 40% from three. Um, but the thing is with him is, like, you know, Sabonis, even though, like, yes, he's an upgrade for the bigs, and he, but he doesn't fit so much stylistically. Miles Turner upgrade from bigs and is, like, a fit stylistically, but – if you had an all-star caliber player in Sabonis to this team, then, you know, I, I think you you kind of have another building block, another guy that you can, you know, kind of build around. If you throw Miles Turner on this team, like you said, like it's just pulling you more towards the middle. It makes it harder to tank. Like, yeah, it, it, makes, it might make things easier for Shea and Josh in terms of driving the lane, and it would absolutely help to have, like, a back line of defense when our guys get beat off the dribble, not named Louie Dorter, Kendrick Williams, because they will, and they do. Mm-hmm. Um, but that would also just, you know, bring us closer to the middle. Like, you know, if, if you want to get in the playing game, like, absolutely. Grab Miles Turner. I mean, you're there. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we're it, – it's sustained success. And, you know, we've talked about it many times before, Preston and his op-ed – you know, I, I don't have it right in front of me, but he talked about like, you know, like you said, patience, but resisting taking shortcuts and cutting corners mm-hmm. and like, you know, getting yeah, I feel like cards. I feel like I feel like for the next three years, you know, in his introductory presser for the season, that's that's going to be a, a, a key word that he's going to be, you know, a key phrase that he's going to be saying every time, not taking shortcuts, not taking shortcuts, mm-hmm. not taking shortcuts. Absolutely, and, and it's hard, man, because, like, you know, like tonight, like you see a team that, you know, is, is really working in their identity. Like their identity is, you know, coming back, like fighting, never stop fighting and coming back from these, you know, 15, 20-point deficits and either making it a game or winning the game. Like that's this team's identity. The identity isn't losing by 73 points, you know, missing three of their best players. You know, that, that's their identity. So, like, when you see this team that just keeps fighting and refuses to lose, like, yeah, you want to see them succeed. You want to see them, you know, have pieces around them that will, you know, bring them success. But at the mm-hmm. same time, like, you know, it's like another thing Presley said, you know, there's definitely short-term success and long-term success. We don't want to make an appearance in the playoffs. We want to make an arrival in the playoffs. We want to be there, like – for a sustainable amount of time. So, yeah, absolutely, man. Like, it's it's hard. Like, you know, I mean, even if Cat was to come available, like, stylistically, he fits us perfectly. He's a Kentucky guy. He's got the three-initial <laughs> nickname. Like, I mean, it, everything about it is perfect. But that's still a shortcut. As much as I would like it personally, that's still a shortcut. And, you know, mm-hmm. for that reason, I don't see it happening. Um, yeah, so. and it, I mean, it's not, and it's not just that, like, I think, I think one of the, one of the roots of patience when it comes to team building is to make sure that your, your, your salary sheet is slowly building up. You don't want to make mm-hmm. moves to where, you know, one or two moves and already, you know, you're, you're at the luxury tax and, 
you know, your, your, your flexibility goes out the window and, and this, this and that, like you want to slowly build up. You want, you know, you want it to be like Shade's big contract and then Dort's contract and then, you know, Giddy's contract in about four seasons. And then, you know, so you want to build up that way. Um, and once you know that you have, you know, you have that team, then if you want to pull that trigger, you go ahead and do that, but you don't do that right now. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, man. And that's, you know, you, you bring up a great point because you now we're not the only people that have talked about this, like, you know, the CBA negotiation and before the 2023 season, like that's going to be mm-hmm. paramount to, you know, how this team moves forward with, you know, their direction, like, you know, we have this stockpile of picks, and yes, we know we can't pick all these players. You know, Presty, Presty, it may seem like he's trying specifically in this past draft, but you know, you can't take all those picks. So obviously, eventually, we're going to cash those in, whether moving in the up in the draft or acquiring a player. But um, I think that they're kind of playing it cautious until they see what's going on with the CBA because. They got screwed in 2016. They just did. Yeah. That's 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 why Kevin Durant was able to leave them and you know join the 73 win Golden State Warriors. You know the CBA screwed them. And I mean the CBA screwed them in 2012 also because I believe that's where Harden. you know no no I believe that's where oh. Durant signed his first extension and then like a season late a season later I guess some of those. Um, what are they called? Like the, the max, you know, the maxes that happen if you, if you get an all NBA team or whatever, one of those things. Uh, the bonuses um, or whatever. Yeah. The bonuses like that. I, I think that added like $4 million to his contract, which again, you know, it took away our, you know, some of our flexibility cap flexibility, especially early on in that, you know, in that Durant Westbrook Harden Ibaka type team. Um, and, it, and I think it kind of did hamstrung us to, to not be able to readily put out there for Harden, you know, big max money that, that he wanted. Um, so, yeah, so definitely, I think, I think Presty wants to wait until 2023 to start making any type of big time financial risks. Um, and, and so, you know, these types of moves like this, they look good. You know, it, it feels like a 2k type move where you make a deal on 2k and, you know, everything works out and, but in reality, you know, this is the move that teams that end up in the in the middle uh, of the of the league and the middle of the draft do consistently. And so we don't want to be one of those teams. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, it's it's no secret how much like San Presti and the Thunder organization like loved him on a bonus. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they they traded up in that draft to get him, obviously. And, you know the only reason that we traded him was to acquire a player of Paul George's caliber, which, you know, aside from the players that we drafted, Russ Harden and KD, like we haven't had a player of that caliber, you know, since then. Um, So like, that's the only reason they parted ways. Like, you know, Sam Presti, you know, went out of his way to get bonus. Like he still loves the bonus. Like I'm sure he would love to have some bonus on the roster, but um, you know, as we said in Presti, we trust, I think that, you know, he's going to hold on to, uh, you know, what he said about being patient, not taking those shortcuts and everything. So um, it, it'll be interesting, man. Yeah, it's it's kind of funny how everything's coming to that 2023, like that year 2023, mm-hmm. because the CBA, got the draft. Victor Wimbanyama, 
Um, Scoot Henderson. Yeah, Scoot Henderson. That's a name I've been hearing a lot. And Amani Bates. Like, you know, there's there's these guys. I mean, that that draft is going to be crazy. Like, you got Shaden Sharp. um, You got the Thompson Twins. Yeah, you got the Thompson Twins, Amin and uh, Ajar. Um, It's going to be a a stacked draft. That's going to be the draft that if you pick, like, seven, you're still getting a, a good to great player. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I think at this point, what, Sam Presti has three picks in that draft? Yeah, probably going to be four um, because I, I believe the the Pistons pick this year is definitely going to, you know, fall into that draft, you know, because of the protections because we're not going to get it this year. So, yeah, it'll, it'll be four. Uh, only issue with that is um, it'll be five, actually. It'll be five picks uh in the first round because we had that pistons pick um it'll be the wizards pick that we got from houston also yeah um and then it's miami's lottery protected pick it's our pick and it is no 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 no. clippers unprotected this year next year is is a swap um and i believe denver's pick is 2023 lottery protected it may be 2024 i could be wrong so we're either getting four or five picks. Yeah, and that's also the year that uh, Sam Presti just seemingly started stockpiling second-round picks too, right? No, that's 2027. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm way off, man. Yeah, I'm just going to yeah. I'm gonna look it up and fact-check ourselves here just so we have the Yeah, right so I'm looking it up right now. So phone. 2023. So more than likely the Detroit pick because it's protected one through 16 in 2022. So, you know, they're going to be lottery, a lottery team, you know, almost it's guaranteed. Mm -hmm. So that pick is going to drop to 2023 where it's one through 18 protected. So we got that pick. We got the Miami pick that's lottery protected. We got the Denver pick that's lottery protected. Um, And then we got the Wizards pick that is one through 14 protected uh, in 2023. So lottery protected in 2023. So all these picks are lottery protected, um, if not more, except for ours. You know, ours would be, you know, would be our pick. And then, you know, we do have two second rounders plus our own second rounder. Um, yeah, we have a ton of picks that year. We will, we will, de- we will definitely have to go ahead and start, uh, start sending some of those picks out. Yeah, for sure. And, and, and that's the thing, man. I think that after that draft, you know, we get a Wimbanyama, Scoot Henderson, Shaden Sharp, you know, some, somebody like that. And you already mm-hmm. have Shay, Wu, Giddy, whoever you acquire in this draft, you know, maybe hold over Baisley, JRE, Trey Mann, somebody like that. Kendrick Williams, Mike Muscala. And like, you just need that one more piece. You Gabriel start. Deck, probably going to be on the team still. Oh, Lord. <laughs> just sitting there not doing nothing. Yeah, just, getting paid $3 million, $3.5 million. Yeah. Just collecting a check, living life. Um, but no, then you know you just have all these assets and, and picks, all these future picks, yeah. and you know, you're you're like you know we're one piece away, and maybe you package those picks with maybe a player that needs more opportunity, doesn't really fit in your future, and you know that's the final piece, and from there like mm-hmm. you're set, like you know, like this the Phoenix Suns. Prime example, they had Devin Booker, they had DeAndre, they had Mikhail, Michael Bridges, Mikhail Bridges, whatever you want to call him. Um, you know, they had all these young players. They had this young core that, you know, 
kind of was seemingly treading water. And then you trade for Chris Paul, acquire Chris Paul, and everything changes. Like this team yeah. that was treading water that, you know, was kind of a laughing stock in a lot of, you know, a lot of league circles is all of a sudden in the NBA finals. So, you know, you, you get that. And, and the best team and the best team this year, yeah. as far as record wise. Yeah, I mean, you know, you get that steadying force alongside Shea and the you know, the young guys that you drafted. Yeah, you know, maybe that's when we start cooking with gas, man. Year twenty twenty three is when. Yeah, definitely. When the thunder rolls. Okay, Garth. <laughs> the thunder rolls. All right. Well, hey. Enough about the Pacers, man. This is a Thunder podcast. Even though we we very very briefly hold up, the hold Pacers. up, hold Go up. Ahead. Before we move on, I just thought it would be funny if we were to reacquire DeMontis Sabonis using some of the assets that we acquired from trading Paul George, who was originally acquired by trading DeMontis Sabonis. I just thought that would have been funny. What we call ironic in the industry, man. Straight up ironic. Yeah. Yeah, that, um, I just thought it was a place. <laughs> yeah, let me ask you this. So, like, say Sam Presti was a guy that took shortcuts. Um, what kind of offer would you be willing to give up to bring back a Demonis Bonus or Miles Turner? Like, well, first, let me ask you that. Who would you rather acquire for this team, Sabonis or Miles Turner? Um, I think for the way this team plays, I would I would much rather acquire Miles Turner. Okay. What would you giving up for old Miles? I mean, I wouldn't do anything more than two firsts and then, you know, probably what favors and Baisley, maybe a third first, maybe like a third, like lottery protected first. See, I, I, I wouldn't give up that much for first rounders anyways. Like, I would give up like, you know, one salary and, you know, maybe a young player. Like a Darius Baisley, something like that. Maybe, you know, if if they press me for Poku, if they want to try out Poku, I'd consider it. I guess. Um, I don't know. I I think that. I don't know. I. It, it's just weird to think about. You know, trying to trade for Miles Turner. Um, all right, well, let me let me ask you this. We'll, we'll play devil's advocate. What would you trade for Demonis Bonus? If you're giving up three first for Miles Turner, what would you trade for Demonis Bonus? Yeah, kind of, yeah, kind of glitched out. Were we good? Were you talking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was saying okay. if you would trade a uh, three picks for Miles Turner, what would you trade for a Demonis Bonus? Uh, probably the same thing. Just about three picks. Like I'm not. Just because he has All Star by his name, I'm not necessarily going crazy and trading like four or five picks. Yeah, that's fair. And yeah, it's like I said, like you know, we don't really exactly know what the Pacers are looking for. You know, maybe mm-hmm. they, you know, they're not really looking towards picks. They want players that, you know, they've seen a little bit of development out of. Um, yeah, who knows, man? Yeah, I mean, they got the 24 year 24 year old rookie to build around and Chris Duarte. So. Duarte. He'd be great on this team. Yeah. He'd be great on a lot of teams. I mean, he's just yeah. he's just a bucket, man. He's just a bucket. I heard uh, you know, Bill Simmons, you know, he who should not be named. 
I was talking about how he would love to see him on the Mavericks just because they really mm-hmm. need somebody else that can break down the defense and get a bucket. And the Mavericks are in trouble. Yeah. Would love to have some of their future picks. Well, yeah, definitely. Definitely that. Yeah, yeah definitely that. But, oof. You know, it's it's a good thing that, that, that Luca signed that contract, you know, that extension. Mm-hmm. But, I, you know, I'd say I'd give it about two more, you know, this season and next season. And if, you know, their trajectory is still not out of the first round, there's going to be a reckoning. Hey, what's up, guys? It's your boy Dylan here, and I'm here to talk about Lightbox. I got a Lightbox where my heart used to be. All right, now for real, say goodbye to the dual gifts. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the brightest gift of the year. Using cutting-edge technology and innovative techniques, they've cracked the science of sparkle, creating the highest quality lab-grown diamonds you can find at a light price, $800 per carat. They have the same chemical makeup of natural diamonds, but are just grown in a lab. Because of their process, they can create stones in blush pink and beautiful blue, as well as classic white, maybe even thunder blue. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the gift they'll never want to take off, priced so they won't have to. They really do make an outfit sparkle. Visit lightboxjewelry.com to add sparkle to your holiday shopping. That's lightboxjewelry.com. Lightbox diamonds, never a dull moment. Yes, sir. Well, hey, let's get into the Thunder, man. You know, we've played a game on Monday. We've played a game tonight. We're going to talk about them both now with the single large item. All right, man. So, with our single large item, I'm going to let you kick it off, man, for the Detroit Pistons game in which the Thunder won 114 to 103. What was your single large item? I mean, I. Do we have to get down by 15 every game that we win? Like, that is – that's just – you know, I thought this would be the season where, you know, like whenever in previous seasons, you know, in the Westbrook seasons, uh, you know, the team usually, when they played a lesser opponent, they played down to their opponent, and then they had to do like this miraculous comeback um, to to win the game. And so, you know, I always always joked around on Twitter that, you know, those teams take – they take life away from me, um, you know, and this team just seems to be doing the same thing. Like, you know, we get down by 15, we get down by 26 to the Lakers. And it's like, okay, this is what's supposed to happen. And then they start to come back and then damn it, I become invested. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it's just like, you know, now you want them to win. Now you want, now you want to have a little bit of fun. Um, you know, I want them to win a couple games, but I would like them to win a game like from the beginning of the game, like just dominate a team and just go from there. But no, we got to be down every game, um, and then you know mount a comeback. So that's my that's my number one single large item. That wasn't really a, my single large item. Um, just um, just the I don't know, man. The 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 combo, the dual combo that that SGA and Lou Dort are becoming on on some nights, most nights. Um, it's, it's not what I expected. Um, and it's quite enjoyable. Like those two guys, they know how to play off each other. Um, and they know their, you know, they, they know their, their spots, like their spots are different. Like Lou Dort has become a consistent three point shooter. Like there are times that he's off. 
you know, there are stretches of the season where he's going to be off, but those stretches of the season are becoming lesser and lesser. Um, and he's becoming a lot of, you know, a lot more consistent of a shooter. Um, and then, you know, SGA, he's going to do what he's going to do. Um, and so just watching those two guys out there, it's just, it's just fun. You know, they did it again tonight. Yes, sir, man. And, you know, what's crazy is, uh, so my buddy came over and he wanted to watch the Patriots game. You know, I didn't care to have it on the TV. I, you know, I, I watched the game on my phone in between there. And it seemed like every time I went down, Shay was just <laughs> breaking down his man and driving to the basket. And, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I don't know what's got into him. Cause like, you know, earlier in the season, like he, I don't know, he felt more passive. You know, he wasn't getting into the lane as frequently as he has been. You know, and yeah. that, that goes for tonight as well. Like, he was making it a point of emphasis to really get downhill and get into the lane. And, I mean, you know, his, aggress- his aggressiveness paid off. He shot 15 free throws, 30 points, 13 assists, uh, two blocks, two yeah. rebounds. Like, you know, just filling the stat sheet. And then Lou Dort, man. I heard a stat that in the last, uh, I think, eight games, Lou Dort shot 40% from three. Beautiful. Just crazy. Just insane. 28 points, two rebounds, two steals, two blocks, and five of five from the line. Like, you know, it's it's easy to get wrapped up in the shooting that Dort's, you know, been doing, the finishing that – he obviously worked on the offseason, but, like, the fact that he's doing all of this and he's still guarding, like, the other team's best perimeter player, just unreal, man. Like, this guy yeah. was undrafted, and he's, you know, he's he's our two-way star right now. I mean, he's, he went undrafted. Like, this is a bona fide NBA starter on all 30 teams. This is not a guy that, oh, you know, the Thunder are – you know, are, are developing and they're, they're rebuilding. And, you know, this is the type of player that you bring in and he does okay here, but he put him in a championship setting or a contending team. And, you know, he's just, you know, two points and on one of seven shooting. No, you know, this guy is, he's a winner, you know, he's a competitor um, and he's consistent. He's been consistently doing this. Like I know it's not a 28 point consistent, but you know, if, 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 if your three and D wing is averaging 17 points a game, and shooting, you know, I'm not going to say 40%, but let's say 35% from three. That's that, unfortunately for us, that's, that's a 18 million a year, you know, a season player right there. Um, and so that, that's coming up soon, you know? So, so yeah, man, it's, it's awesome to see him do that. And just, just that fourth quarter, man, that fourth quarter was so fun. Yeah. You know, it was mostly done. It was mostly done with the backups, mostly done with, you know, Muscala, Trey, man, uh, Kenny Hustle. Kenny Hustle, man, is just like that dude is just a winning basketball player. You know, he's so much fun to watch out there. And we missed him a ton whenever he was out with the ankle injury. So that was a that was a fun fourth quarter. 13 field goals in a row, you know, the most since 2010. Um, you know, there were some turnovers mixed in there. That's that's fine, but it was just it was awesome to see that that game. Yep, that was that was actually gonna be my single large item. Uh, one of them, you know, since it's just us, we could cheat. We could have a double large item. Sure, why not? Um, but yeah, my first single large item was just the forty-four point fourth quarter from the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, I think I saw we missed one shot in the entire quarter. Um, ironically enough, it was a Shea Goes Alexander layup. Um, but 
what what was like the point of emphasis in this is just Shea was just slicing up the defense, passing the basketball. Like it it kind of reminded me like opposite of like what Chris Paul used to do for the Thunder. Like he was super passive like the first three quarters. And like in the fourth quarter hit and he's like, Okay, I've seen what y'all got, you know, what your defense is doing, what your plan is, how you play off me, this, that, another. It's time to cook. And like multiple times we saw Paul or Chris Paul put up like 20 point fourth quarters. Well, yeah. Shay's the opposite. Shay's just getting downhill, attack, attack, attack for three quarters. And then in the fourth quarter, he's like, All right, since y'all got the focus on me, let me spread it out to my teammates right quick. And yeah. you know, to their credit, man, they was knocking down shots. And he did more of the same tonight. And you know, we'll get into that. But I I man, there was somebody uh, like <laughs> And, you know, you don't want to get into Twitter trolls, but um, I commented on one of the Thunder's tweets, and there was somebody that um, basically said, like, you know, Shea's a black hole. Like, I hope that he goes to Toronto. Like, he's a black hole on offense. (laughs) And I'm like, listen, dude. Was this a Toronto fan? No, this was a Thunder, like, quote-unquote Thunder fan. And. I mean, he was an anti-tanker because he was bringing up, like, you're happy with being 9-17. and 17. I'm like, I don't have the energy for you, man. Um, <laughs> but, no, basically he said Shea's a black hole on offense. And, like, that's that's just not the case, man. Like, Shea's made, like, playmaking a point of emphasis in his offseason work, and you could really see it this season. Like, the past yeah. two games, he's had 13-9 and nine assists. Like, I, I don't know what he's averaging on the year, but, like, he's making really good passes out there, really good reads, smart passes, pocket passes. Like, he's progressed as a playmaker, and that's, like, legitimately yeah. part of his bag. Like, he's no Josh Giddy. Like, let's not let's not get it twisted. But, you know, he's absolutely a capable playmaker, and he showed it in that he's fourth like, he's averaging He's averaging five a game, five assists a game. He averages, what, like four and a half last year? Um, last year he averaged, if you give me a second. I'm on pins and needles. I know you are. I'm trying to find it. Uh, stats, here we go. Uh, so last season he averaged 5.9, actually. Dang it. Yeah, he's averaged, that. He averaged more last year. But, I mean, remember, remember when he played, he played with George Hill. He played with Al Horford. You know, he mm-hmm. played with. You know, players that that they make shots. If you leave them open, they're going to make shots. Veterans do that. And so, you know, I think with this team, I think Shea has had to learn this team. Yeah. Like, he's had – the set of responsibilities that he has this year are so much more than he had last year as far as playmaking, as far as, um, you know, just managing the team and managing what the defense gives them. Um, and I think that 4.9 – you know, it seemed, you know, it's lower than last season, but I think, I, I, I mean, I, I'm, I can't look at it, but I think uh, the, uh, we'll see, what's the assist number? The, like when, when, when you should make an assist, but you don't. Potential assist. Potential assist, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's a lot higher this season than it is last year. Yeah. And the other thing to, like, important to note on, you know, Shea's assist numbers going down is last year he didn't have a Josh Giddy playing alongside of him. So True that. You know, yeah, that he, takes away a, little, a couple. Yeah, he, and, you know, he had Teo taking over, like, the ball handling duties whenever Shea was off, like, on the bench. But if Shea was in the game, the ball was in Shea's hands. And this year mm-hmm. it's much more spread out. 
honestly, like, you know, I find myself watching the game, and when Lou gets the ball, I'm like, okay, you know, he's going to kick it back out to Shea, kick it back out to Getty to, like, reset the offense. I know, like, 90% of the time, if Lou Dort gets that ball, that ball's going up, or, you know, it's going to be yeah. an assist. So, um, you know, he's definitely having to, you know, spread the wealth in terms of usage. But, yeah, man, 44 points in the fourth quarter, Shea being the catalyst, that was my, uh, my first thing large item. Uh, we're going to go reverse order for our second one here. Hope you got a second one. But my second seeing large item is Cade Cunningham is who we thought he was. Yeah, that boy's good. 28 points, 11 rebounds, yeah. five assists, one steal. He did have six turnovers over his five assists, but 11 of 24 shooting, six of 11 from deep. And, you know, he got it going early. Yeah. I think he's, he's gonna be, he's gonna be fine. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, he's he's he started rough, but he's gonna be fine. He's good, man. Like not just yeah. offensively, but defensively, he's he's good. Um, and you know, if if that shooting's real, like if if if, if that's like a legitimate indicator of how good he's gonna shoot in the league, like he's he's gonna be a problem. Um, yeah. I will say though. As clutch as people made it out that Kate Cunningham was. Uh, I'm just saying, he missed a few buckets there in the fourth quarter. <laughs> and uh, Shea Gildas Alexander and Co. did not. So, you know, have that for what you will. But, no, man, yeah, Kate was great. And I, ha- I have him in one of my fantasy basketball leagues. He put on for me on, on that game. Uh, so nice. Shout out, Kate. Nice. All right, man, what's your uh, double large item here? My double large item. Um, I mean, I, I guess it's just a rotation. You know, I'm really liking the rotation that um, that Mark is putting out there. Um, he's, you know, he's doing a good mixture of development and, you know, veterans. And so guys like Favors, guys like Kenrich, guys like uh, Mascala, they're going out there and they're playing, you know, 15 to 20 to 25 minutes. And so they're giving us big minutes and they're giving us big production. And so, you know, some people need to understand that one of the things about development is learning how to win. Um, And so, you know, these games, especially these games against winnable teams, you know, these games against the Detroit's, the Toronto's, you know, those Houston games, those Houston games, you know, honestly, I was a little bit disappointed that we lost three out of four of those games because Houston is one of those teams that, we should be able to beat, you know, and I, and I know it affects our draft, st- our draft status. Um, but, you know, against those teams that you're supposed to beat, um, I'm okay with beating them, you know. Um, and so Mark's, Mark's rotations as they are now, I'm loving it. You know, I'm loving how they're, they're playing out. Yeah. And, you know, I, th- I think it's worth noting, you know, we talked uh... – We've gone back and forth with Jerry specifically about uh, Taylor Maladon. Um, the past two games, DMPCD. Um, yeah, he's, he's not he's not an NBA player. <laughs> well, tonight, Ty, I'm sorry. Ty, Ty Jerome was also a DMPCD, and he only played four minutes against the Pistons. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's true. I mean, uh, you know, it's. I think I think Mark really, really, really wants to see what he has in Trey Mann. You know, I think that's when you look at this team and you look at development, you're gonna go ahead and push development towards those players that you think are 
NBA players. You know, I don't mean that Ty Jerome is an NBA player, but guys that you think are going to are, are going to show out in your system. And so mm-hmm. I think Trey Mann is a lot more built for Mark's system than Ty Jerome. It's like I've always said with Ty Jerome. If Ty Jerome was Garrison Matthews, he'd be great on this team. But Ty Jerome wants to be a point guard and a shooter. And sometimes those things, those things don't vibe, especially when he's not hitting from outside. Yeah. No, I feel that, man. And, you know, talking about Trey Mann, like, you know, if Mark Dagnall's been wanting Trey Mann to work, it's been working. Um, you know, in the Pistons game, he had seven points, three rebounds, shot 50% from the field, made his only three, made both of his free throw attempts. And then tonight, man, against the Raptors, you know, he only shot one of six. He made one three. Um, he had three points, one assist. The assist was, you know, just finding Shea right in the shooting pocket for one of Shea's few catch-and-shoot threes of the year, um, and he knocked that down. Um, but what was really impressive to me, man, and it's it's kind of been growing as the season goes on, is Trey Mann's effort on the defensive end. Um, mm-hmm. you know, he, he had two steals tonight, and one of which um, I – who was it? I think it was a uh, guy. Who was it that had the ball? I don't think it was Fred. It might have been Fred. I think it was Fred. We'll, we'll say it was Fred. Sure. Um, Fred Van Fleet got the ball and rebound. He was coming down court, and Trey Mann just, you know, ran all the way back down and, you know, kind of wolf stilled him. You know? Oh, hit it from behind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, hit it from behind. You know, kicked it out to Giddy. Giddy over to Kendrick. Kendrick to Derek Favors for the layup. You know, set up a beautiful mm-hmm. offensive sequence, but. You know, it's that kind of effort, you know, like we talked about, like the refusal to stop fighting um, that, you know, is this team's identity. And I think that Trey Mann is really starting to carve a role onto this team, you know. And like I mentioned when we was talking about, you know, the future, like I fully believe Trey Mann can be a guy that is, you know, long for the future for the Thunder as a guy Mm -hmm. that not only like we thought, at draft time comes in as like this bench microwave scorer, but a guy that is going to compete on both ends, a guy that's going to make plays for you on both ends of the basketball. I'm not saying he's going to be lead order or anything like that, but I believe he's going to give you solid effort and he's going to make plays on both ends there. So, you know, hopefully he continues that in that direction because he's a lot of fun to watch, man. Like anytime he gets to step back, it's just insane how much space Mm -hmm. he creates for himself. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's, he's getting these, he's getting these minutes in crucial times in the game, you know, like the Detroit game, you know, he was part of the reason why they came back. You know, he was part of the reason why this team was, you know, 13 and 13 and, you know, in, in the beginning of the fourth quarter um, because of not just his ability to hit that shot, that three pointer, um, but also his ability to create that gravity um, that allows other guys to slip in on cuts and stuff like that to to get open for dunks. Um, so yeah, man, like it's it's awesome to see him perform in these moments, um, and and you know I expect him to continue to to get better in these moments. And so that's why I think Mark is prioritizing maybe his development instead of Teo's, instead of you know Ty Jerome. Um, don't know why the hell Paul Watson Jr. is getting minutes, but. You know, we'll just, we'll just leave it at that. He is, he is not good. It remains a mystery. Yeah. And, you know, it does. 
that that's a good segue into tonight's game against the Raptors, in which Paul Watson did play three minutes tonight. He was over. Watch out now. <laughs> over one shooting. He had one rebound. Um, and you know, basically, it was just pointless that he was out there. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Paul Watson Jr. He's a two-way contract, right? He is. He is. Yeah. Yeah. He is. I feel like if we're going to have a two-way guy that's, you know, with us, I would rather it be Aaron Wiggins. I think – but, I, yeah, it's, I think it's going to be – I think Aaron Wiggins – I think they know what they have in Wiggins, um, and they just wanted to him to develop a lot more mm-hmm. in, in the G League. Um, yeah, we'll get Paul Watson. Paul Watson is – is the plain version of Gabriel Deck. Yeah, I'd rather see Gabriel Deck out there, honestly. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I, I think he affects the game a little bit more, at least defensively. Like, you know, he can at, least, at least every time he does something, you can at least say something like, La Tortuga. You can't, mm-hmm. can't really do that with Paul Watson. Nah, he's, he's, he's pretty boring in general. Um, yeah. But, yeah, no, man, transitioning into the Thunder game tonight against the Raptors. In which the Thunder walked away victorious 110 to 109 and just kind of taking you into the last 30 seconds of that game. Uh, Julian Champagny came in and made just an absolute ridiculous layup. Uh, gave the Raptors the lead with like 18 seconds left. Um, Thunder inbounded the ball to Muscala. Muscala gave it to Shea. Shea broke down his fender, drove in. Didn't have a clean shot, but he brought in not one, not two, but three defenders. All that gravity. Alexander, and he was able to just turn around, flip it to Moose at the top of the three-point line, who had all day, knocked down the shot, put us up one, um, came back down the other end. Um, I believe it was Fred Van Vliet that drove in and got the shot. Baisley, yes. which we're definitely going to talk about Baisley, mm-hmm. uh, got a huge block. Um, there was some question as to which, uh, as if, uh, Champagne, he got the rebound, tipped it in and there was, uh, the Raptors players and the fans really thought that they won the game with that play, but upon was the Champagne or was it, uh, Scotty Barnes? I think it was Scotty Barnes. No, nah, Champagne, promise you. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Because, uh, that, that was the thing. I was like, we really didn't just lose this game to Champagne making these two plays, <laughs> but, no, I, upon review, it was uh, it was realized that the ball was still on his hand when it read zero. So, obviously, the Thunder won. So, with that being said, Alex, uh, if you was to give a single large item for tonight's game, what would it be? So, my single large item for this game is even though it seemed like we were collapsing at the end, I really liked the resiliency of this team. And I really liked the fact that, you know, even though, you know, it seemed like Toronto was just making every three-pointer that they shot in the last four minutes of the game, mm-hmm. um, the team still went out and they still um, found ways to score here and there. You know, they, they weren't necessarily on their, you know, they weren't at the top of their game like they were in the, in the middle of the third quarter to the middle of the fourth quarter. Um, but, they found a way to to keep them at bay enough um, to actually pull out this victory at the end. They made free throws, you know. They they defended at the end when they needed to. Um, so they, you know, they they did the things that they had to do to win the game. 
Um, and in the end, those little things, you know, it's a game of inches whenever, whenever you're talking about at the end of games. And so, you know, protecting, you know, protecting that rebound enough to where Champagne didn't have the opportunity to go ahead and get it in with time still remaining. Um, I thought is, I, I, you know, I, I think, again, like I said, part of development is learning how to win. And there's different ways to win games. And so this one, you know, the team, number one, battled back from 13 down um, in the third quarter. Number two, they went up by 13. And then they lost the, you know, they lost the lead as the fourth quarter progressed. But they still found a way to win games. And that's what winning teams do that all the time. The Thunder used to do that all the time during the Durant, Westbrook, Paul George era. Um, Those, you know, all those, that decade they would always find ways to win games, even though they played crappy or even though they let a lead slip away. Um, so these are the tiny steps. These are the small steps um, towards getting this team ready for big time basketball in the future. Yeah, for sure, man. And, you know, like you said, like the Raptors caught fire. They're late. Like Gary Trent Jr. I didn't think the dude knew how to miss. Like he was on the whole game. Uh, there was one point he uh, he pump faked Shea and Shea got went in the air. He drove past that, and then he faked past to the corner and got Giddy off of him and nailed the mid range jumper. And I was like, that guy's just straight up in his bag. Yeah. I've always I've always enjoyed Gary Trent Jr. I didn't understand why the Trailblazers wanted to move off of him, and I, they I didn't want to pay him. I get they didn't want to pay him, but like if you paid him. You could probably get a little bit more than Norman Powell for, if you know. What I'm saying. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But you know, anyways. Um, but no, moving on to my single large item. Uh, might shock you guys, but is Darius Baisley? Darius Baisley. Was- I'm glad you brought that up. I'm, I, I have flowers for him. I, I brought flowers. We got some flowers for Bays. Well, hey, let, let me let me get it kicked off here. Let's let's go to the. <laughs> The floratorium here. Yeah, I, I don't know what the word is for flower place, so I'm just going to say it. Um, 15 points, five rebounds, two steals, one block. We talked about that block and how crucial it was in this game. But the the thing to me for Baisley, there's, there's two things here. His shot selection, seven of eight shooting, one of two from deep, didn't force anything. Didn't take these contested dribble pull-up three-pointers that don't work. He played within himself. He was aggressive. He drove to the rim. Um, and really, he kept us out of a hole early. Like, you know, the Raptors were on fire from the start. And, you know, we were shooting cold. And Baisley had, like, you know, a quick six points that, you know, kind of help us keep our head above water. Um, but also, zero turnovers. He played within himself. He made good decisions with the basketball. And – you know, when it comes to Bays in his game, man, that's all I can ask out of him, man. Like, <laughs> make good decisions with the basketball. Don't force anything in terms of shooting. And, um, you know, just go defend your butt off out there. And I, I think yeah. check, check, and check for Baisley, man. And, you know, we, we didn't cover it, but he also had a pretty good game against the Pistons. Ended up with uh, seven points, eight rebounds, but he had three blocks and two, two steals. Only shot five times, uh, missed his only three-point attempt. But, again, he was three of five for shooting. So, like, still not forcing anything. And, like, I I hope this is more of what's to come for Darius Baisley. 
Yeah, definitely. Like, you know, Baisley is he's a he's a barometer player for this for this team. Like, whenever whenever I look at the stats, whenever I look at, you know, if the if the Thunder won, it doesn't matter whether the Thunder win or they lose. I can look at the stats and see that Shea had a good game. I can see that Dort had a good game. But if I look at Baisley and he had one of those two for, you know, two for eight nights with four turnovers and he was a minus 15, I know that the Thunder probably lost that game. Um, but if I look at the stats and I see just a, a game within himself, you know, like, like tonight where he saw, he shot seven of eight, one of two from deep. He had 15 points, you know, played great, amazing defense. Um, then the Thunder win because Dort's going to give you what he's going to give you most nights. Shade's going to give you what he's going to give you most nights. Giddy's going to go ahead and go out there and, and be a playmaker. Um, you know, Mike, Muscala, Ken Rich, they're all going to do what they're going to do. But if you give me a game where Baisley pay, plays within himself, um, the Thunder normally win those games. And so, you know, it's good to see it. It's, you know, but the thing with Baisley has always been, he'll give you five of these and then he'll give you 10 of the other kind yep. in a row. You know, so, you know, so, yay. But, you know, let's let's get some consistency with that. Let's, you know, but yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm here to, you know, I'm, I usually rag on, on Baisley um, because I want that consistency. I want him to, to be that, a glue guy, you know, he, he has the, he, you know, we, we look at Bays and we want him to become, you know, a lot of Thunder Nation wants him to become Sean Marion or they want him to become Scotty Pippen or this guy is not going to become that, you know, this guy is, he has flashes. Yes. Um, but his role in the NBA is going to be probably that of a good defender, um, somebody that can play small ball four or even just regular four um, and just somebody that, you know, plays good NBA minutes out there. Uh, and when he's not doing that, he's a detriment. He's a huge detriment, especially on the offensive end. Um, so, you know, he's having a good a couple of good games. I'm happy for him. I hope this continues. Um, you know, and I hope, hope he gets his, his trade value up. Yep. And, um, you know, quick, quick programming note here. Um, you were right. It was not Julian Champagne that almost got the tip to win the game. It was Justin Champagne. <laughs> oh, okay. Does he have a brother named Julian? Uh, I don't know if his brother or cousin, but yeah, he he's in college ball. Oh, okay. Um, the only reason I know this is because friend of the pod, Hoop Antelec, and his um, giant draft board that he does every year. So, shout out mm. DeAndre. What's up? All right, I am going to go with my second single large item here, and it is just Shea's newfound ability to get to the free throw line. You know, we talked yes. about last game, he had 15 free throw attempts. Tonight, he had 12 free throw attempts. The difference is he didn't miss a single one tonight, and they were timely. Um, you know, mm-hmm. he he wasn't – his shot wasn't falling early. His shot really wasn't falling all night. He went 6-17, to 17, like not a great shooting night, 2-6 from deep, but – We've talked about like all off season, like about his averages going up. But the thing about adding, you know, the that three throw free throw shooting to your bag is 
when your shot's not falling, you have something else to go to to help your team offensively. Like, yeah, he's, yeah. he's still a great playmaker. Like, he had nine assists tonight to one turnover. Like, that's two turnovers, my apologies. Um, like, th- that's still, you know, great efficiency in terms of, like, playmaking and creating shots for your for your team. But, like, you know, when it comes down to the nitty-gritty, Shea's our guy. Like, Shea's the guy that we trust to go get a bucket. And, yeah. you know, tonight wasn't his night in terms of, like, his shot falling. So, when it was time to him to go get a bucket, he drove in aggressively, um, you know, trying to get downhill, and he drew fouls. Like, dare I say, he looked Harden-esque tonight in some of his foul draw. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. um, but, you know, I mean, that's that's good for us, you know, that we was able to win the game tonight because of his ability to draw fouls. Um, so, yeah, shout-out to Shane and his newfound ability there. You know, hopefully he can continue that once his three-point shot you know, comes back and, you know, he starts to have some more efficient shooting nights and he can still lean on that. And then, you know, we're looking at some 40-point scoring performances for the young Shea. And so, so I got to ask you this, um, as far as what I've noticed from Shea the last couple of games, mm-hmm. have you noticed that he, he doesn't take, he doesn't take open threes that much? And I know he's not open a lot, but there are, you know, there are shots. I mean, there are opportunities where he gets the ball and he has enough space to go up. Um, but he pumps fake and he waits till the guy, the defender gets to him so that he can go ahead and do like the the snake dribble around them or whatever. Um, it just seems like to me like he's holding on to the ball a little bit too long sometimes when he has the opportunity to go ahead and take a, a three-point shot. I don't know if you've noticed that or not over the last couple of games. It's just something that I've noticed. Yeah, and I mean, I, th- I think at the end of the day, like, you know, it it's just human nature. Like, you know, it's no secret Shay's in a shooting slump. Um, you know, it's it's lasted way longer than any of us anticipated or wanted it to happen. But, you know, he's been in a shooting slump for probably like 10 games at this point. And, you know, some point in time, like, that's going to start to affect you and, like, you know, how you play yeah. your game. Like, you know. He was able to get up six threes tonight, which, you know, he made two of them, and that's fine with me. Like, you know, I encourage you to shoot that many. Like, shoot more. I I don't care. I, I think that, you know, I trust your shot. I saw it work last year. But, like, the game prior, he only shot two threes. So, like, I definitely think it's yeah. you know, something, you know, going on between the years. Like, you know, it's a mental block that he has to get a hold of. Like, when he has that time, you know, it, it's just like if you're wide open and you sit there too long, you think about it too much. You know, it's it. You start to think about it instead of just you know feeling it and let the game come to you. So, I think that could be what it is, you know. But I'm I'm just hoping that the slump ends sooner than later. You know, he got rid of the red shoes, so we can't even blame that blame <laughs> on that anymore. But um, yeah, I'm I'm hoping for better days for Shea in terms of shooting the basketball. We we did get see a return of the sidestep three pointer tonight though. We did, we did. He he loves taking that shot. Like, like it's like, you know, he loves taking that shot. And and when it's when he's hitting, he's hitting. It, it looks great. But when he's not hitting, it's sometimes like, man, you know, a couple of plays earlier, you had the opportunity to just shoot, you know, a standstill three pointer, and you didn't. Like, yeah. If there's if there's something that can get your your jump shot mojo going, it's you know, it's taking a taking a shot where nobody's defending you and hitting it. You know. Yeah. Um, that's I mean that's that that's what I see sometimes. No, I feel no you. biggie. 
And, you know, just, just like I said, the sidestep came back when, you know, he had two threes. One of them was the sidestep three, and one of them was the three I talked about earlier where he was able to knock down a catch-and-shoot three that was created by Trey Mann. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, if if you need some encouragement, we play the Lakers next. We know what Shea does against the Lakers, so maybe that's all he needs yeah. to jump out of his slump. <laughs> I'm I'm, right. I'm calling I'm calling you. We get killed in this game. I think LeBron LeBron plays in this game. I think we get killed. But they love my team. Hey, Lakers have been playing a lot better as of late. So that's yeah, fair. they have. That's fair. All right. Well, hey, that was my double large item. What what would yours be, my friend? So my double large item is, hey, Shay got a technical today. Yeah. And you know what? It's about damn time. Like first of his career. As I pointed out, first, mm-hmm. but it's about damn time. Like if you're gonna be the the alpha on a team, if you're gonna be their their main scorer, you gotta bark at the refs from time to time. You gotta let them know that you know, hey, I was hacked. Hey, you know, he's doing this, he's doing that, and sometimes you gotta let them know pretty demonstrative, demonstratively. Um, and so, you know, kudos to Shea. I don't want him to go Russell Westbrook, you know, getting 16 texts and, you know, always hoping that he don't get suspended and hoping that it gets rescinded or whatever. I don't want him to go that far. Um, but as the main scorer on a team, he needs to let the rest know that, hey, I got hacked. Hey, you know, give me this opportunity. And, I mean, like I've always said when it comes to shape, you don't raise your scoring average by – hitting more shots like like players don't necessarily evolve that way the way they evolve in scoring is they they get better in their craft but they learn how to shoot more free throws they learn how to they learn how to play through contact they learn how to you know job the rest a little bit as far as getting calls Um, and sometimes part of that process is knowing how to talk to rest and knowing when to push that lever to get that tech um, or knowing when to not do it. You know, it's a give and take from time to time. Um, And it's, it's a learning thing. You know, it's, it's a learning process um, as far as dealing with rest as the main guy on a team. So kudos to him. I hope, you know, I hope that he continues down this road as far as being, you know, not aggressive, but letting the rest know when he does get hit. So that way he can get more free throws that way he can get, um, you know, to the line more, score more points, and help us out more. Yeah, it's crazy to think about, man, because, you know, like he's been in the league four years now. I think he – I think Ryan Styles tweeted that it took him over 200 games to get his first technical foul. Um, you know, so I mean, that goes, that goes for the entire team. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, whenever, you know, whenever we played Houston um, and I saw um, – uh, what's the guy – the guy's name that he went off on us in the last game? Um, not Daniel House, the, the other guy, uh, Jay, um, Jay Sean Tate. Hmm. Like I saw Jay Sean Tate play and I was like, man, he's got some dog in him. Like, yeah. I don't see a lot of players on our team, maybe Lou Dort sometimes, but that have just like that junkyard dog mentality. We need guys like that. And, and those guys tend to get texts, you know, they tend to be very demonstrative. They tend to be very emotional. Um, and they get texts from time to time and, and we don't really have that on our team. So would love to see, you know, somebody develop that or for us to get somebody that gets that that plays that way. Yeah, what's crazy is, you know, like, Shea is a pretty, like, chill, even keel guy. And, you know, 
I even remember last year playing the Grizzlies and Shea was struggling early on. Dylan Brooks was guarding him and Dylan mm-hmm. Brooks started jawing at him. And like at one point Shea was like, All right, mother effort, like turn yeah. it up. And he did, like he tore him up and he let him know about it the entire game. But it was never to the point that the refs, you know, had to call a technical foul. And that's kind of what was happening tonight. Uh, it was Gary Trent Jr., you know, who had been having a great night. Shea had been struggling. GTJ was guarding him out there on the three-point line, and that was when Shea made his sidestep three. And, you know, he let Gary Trent Jr. know about it. Little did Shea know, a ref was right behind him, and he was letting him know about it. He didn't like what he had to say, and he, you know, mm-hmm. he beat him up. And so, you know, there's a lot of people that feel the same way you do um even like before the season like that you know they wanted Shay to I don't know kind of be more aggressive and have that like alpha mentality and something I've noticed about Shay is like he's expressive he's like very expressive like he has a million memes on Twitter of like you know the different facial expressions he makes like yeah. he, he doesn't hide anything he's not Kawhi Leonard out there like you know he expresses how he feels and I feel like whenever he's excited whenever like you know he's at, at, at these points where he's yelling or he's like talking trash he's like doing it to his teammates like they can't guard me I'm telling you that like not you can't guard me it's they can't guard me like I'm talking to my teammates you can't team me up for talking to my teammates and like you know I'm him I swear to god I'm him you know yeah. but like I, I feel like he's very hype he very much expresses himself but it, it's kind of methodical of him like doing it with his teammates so he doesn't get in trouble about it yeah i mean like look that 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 gets your teammates hyped you know sometimes sometimes the technical will get your teammates hyped you know that, that'll that'll do it you know and so i don't know i just i, I wish we had somebody on our team that was more emotional, emotionally charged to where, you know, they can get everybody else kind of hyped up and emotionally charged. Well, hey, I'll I'll give you this. Uh, I believe that three tied the game and then he got teed up and, you know, we ended up winning the game. So maybe maybe that's what led to winning the game. Who knows? little momentum. There you go. All right, man. Well, um, you know, that, that does it for the Toronto game. Do you have uh, anything else you want to add to that besides Scott no, man. being fun and Josh Giddy? Scott Scotty Barnes is fun, dude. Like, uh, like that's I, I love Giddy, don't get me wrong, but Scotty Barnes is, is that guy that I wanted. You know, is that guy, that emotional guy that, you know, whenever whenever they hit that shot, like whenever they hit whenever Champagne hit that, you know, the, the supposed game winner. Mm-hmm. Like you saw Scotty Barnes's reaction. Like you love that. You love seeing that. And he plays like that the whole time he's on the floor. Yeah. He's fun. Honestly, it was a bit of a battle between him and Getty. You know, Scotty Barnes it was. 18 points, eight rebounds, five assists, a steal, two blocks. Getty had 13 points, eight assists, four rebounds, and a block. Um, you know, speaking about being chippy, like I saw Giddy get chippy. Um, there was a play where either it was either Fred Van Vliet or Gary Trent Jr. Uh, tried to strip Giddy, and Giddy felt like he was fouled, and um, he, he spent quite quite a bit of time complaining to ref about not getting yeah. a foul call. 
And I tweeted because, you know, Giddy shot three or five from deep. I said they pissed him off so early on in the game that he turned into Kyle Corver. So, <laughs> you know, maybe that's yeah, he, something that we can look for. He was, he was hitting that three, man. That was that was fun right there. Hit some timely threes, too, as well. So Yeah. Yeah, exciting stuff, Definitely. man. Well, well uh, yeah, anything else to add to that game, man? None, man. Just just Kenrich Williams. <laughs> I mean, I keep gloating on him, but like like nine points, four steals, four assists, three rebounds. Like the man just he fills the stat sheet. He shot three or four from three. Like he's he's a dude, man. That guy's a dude. Yeah. He was knocked down tonight, man. And you know, we didn't even talk about a stat sheet last game. I guess Pistons 12 points, three rebounds, three assists, four steals, two blocks. Yeah, he's no turnovers, plus twenty-two. <laughs> like he's such he's such a good blue guy, man. He's he's he just he affects winning so much on this team. Yeah, and I I absolutely think that um it'll take a team overpaying to get him because I think that the Thunder yeah. are long for him to, you know, be here when it's time to compete again. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, I, 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 put a, I put a tweet out and I said, you know, this guy could be like our Robert, Robert Covington where, like, you know, all these teams over the past couple of years have just, like, fallen in love with the idea of Robert Covington to the point where they've given up, like, two first-round picks. Um, and, I, and I think Kenrich could be a type of guy that teams out there that are either on the cusp of competing or competing but want to stay in that upper echelon, um, you know, they could possibly pay out two first-round picks for somebody like Kenrich. Yeah, man, because, I mean, you know, you got to think, like, over the years, like the Russell Westbrook teams – like we we would kill for somebody like Kendrick Williams, a guy that will defend his butt off and can also knock down threes and can also, you know, handle some ball handling duties. Like just as everything like mm-hmm. changes the game. Like, yeah, like I I absolutely look for Kendrick Williams to be on this team once we are uh looking to head towards the promised land. So Yeah, definitely. Shout out K Rich. Well, hey man, you know, we uh we ventured into Toronto. We got the W. Uh, there was no sign of Drake, ironically, at the Raptors game. Um, but there was a sign of Drake at the Rockets game in OKC. And, of course, you know, this this prompted a, a million uh, conspiracy theories amongst the Thunder fans. Um, but for me, it prompted uh, me diving into my bag of uh, writing some Drake-inspired, Drake Thunder-inspired song lyrics. So, Alex, uh, I know that you yourself are a hip-hop connoisseur. You're a big Wu-Tang Clan guy. Is that correct? I am, yes. Wu-Tang is for the children. There we go. Well, hey, I'm going to uh, spit my bars, if you will. (laughs) I will listen to your bars. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, I I want you to grade it on a scale of 1 to 10. So I've got uh, (laughs) 5, 6, 7, 8. Nine, ten. Okay, yeah, I got ten of them, man. So here we go. We're we're gonna we're gonna see which ones you like and which ones are are duds. So excited for this. You know, got a <laughs> got big shoes to fill after my rap I did for Mike Muscal about Shay. So very true. <laughs> All right. So I want I want to I want you guys I want the listeners to just close your eyes for a second 
teleport yourself so, so to Marvin's how, room. How many are how many how many are there? There there's ten. There's ten of them. Okay, cool. All right. Yeah. You can even rank them if you want to. Like you can rate them one to ten or you can rank them one to ten. It's whatever you want to do. I'll 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 go ahead and give it a rating, each one of them. Okay. I got you. All right. Back back to my teleportation. So close your eyes, listeners. Just teleport yourself to Marvin's room. We're about to take you to about to take you to the yeah, Marvin's room. Drake, here we go. All right. <clears throat> We can go and get some ice cream. I admire your candor. I'm trying to get a scoot in a Shea Gilgis Alexander. So oh, I'm gonna give that a, a six. Okay, okay. That's fair. And you know what? It's hard. You know what? It's 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 hard. It's hard to find words that, that rhyme with Alexander. It really friggin' is. <laughs> and you know what? I think I should get an extra point for using candor because that's not a commonly used word. True that. True that. Hey, I'll give you six point five. There we go. I was trying to dive in my uh, my lyricism there. So, all right, here we go. You opened up. You opened up your thesaurus yes. to find some words there. Yes. Um. All right, here we go. If you need somebody that's got your back, I'll hold down the fort. I'll protect you. I'll defend you. Call me Luke and Stort. That's a solid nine right there. Ooh, we got a nine. That's a solid nine. You know what? My editor at Boomtown Hoops probably felt the same because that was the one that they put out with the uh, with the tweet release. So, yeah, that was good. That was good. <laughs> All right, here we go. We're we're going with another name that's hard to rhyme. So, <sighs> since you came into my life, I'm way up like in blessings. I can see we got potential like Alexi Pokashevsky. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm I'm gonna give that a I'm gonna give that a five. Like oh, it's hard. I'm, I'm gonna give you a six. I'll give you a six. Like uh, Pokusheski is hard. You should go. Like you should go with Poku. Well, I, I, I mean, even that's a little bit difficult because yeah. like, I, I would assume that Drake doesn't know that Pokusheski's nickname is Poku. <laughs> okay, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> but no, man. Yeah, you know, I, I even referenced a past song with Drake. Like, you know, I'm way up. I feel blessed. You know, blessings. Come on. <laughs> All right, it's fine. It's fine. Still, still a six. Still a six. Now this is the one that got Twitter popping. So here we go. Just brace yourself. After party at the crib, girl, invite the whole city. Light it up. Take a puff. Best of blunt like Josh Getty. Yeah, yeah. That's 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 a nine point five right there. That was a good one. I like that man. Nine point five. I can't get it. <laughs> that was a good one. That was a good one. No heck no, man. I'm not just handing out tens. What the hell? All right, all right. So you said I was a connoisseur. I'm not a. I'm not a just a lay fan. Like I'm a connoisseur, man. Okay, okay, that's fair. That's fair. All right. Well, I'm probably not gonna get a ten then because these are more jokes than actual bars. You know what? Uh-huh. Do it. All right, here we go. Um, girl, you jump to, girl, you jump into conclusions again. What are you saying? I think we need some space to step back, like Trey Man. So that was a five. That's that was fair. a five. That's that, that, yeah, that was a five. Like the, the rhyming scheme on that one wasn't too, it wasn't too popping. Yeah, S- saying a man it is a bit of a stretch. That's fair. Yeah, a little bit. All right, now I feel bit bad about this one because this is, this is like straight up shots, like Twitter fingers, um, coming at a certain player who has played well these past two games. So, oh, um, this is this is the Baisley one. Yes, this is retroactive. <laughs> so. 
I wish you'd just give me another chance. I don't want you to hate me, but I'm not going to make you force it. You're not Darius Baisley. That's an eight. I like that one. Uh, I read that one and I laughed. Pretty uh, sure Jerry, like, Jerry got mad at that one, but I, I laughed at that one. Jerry's punching mirrors right now. Yeah. hearing that one. <laughs> He's punching the air. Yeah, Jerry's punching the air. But uh, no, shout out Basil. You know we, we might have to make a different rhyme for you because you're you've been balling. Yeah, we, we gotta do the remix. Gotta do the remix. <laughs> All right, here we go. Um, so uh, Marvin Dream Type B, I'm crying with you on the phone because you know the words that got deep, like Ty Jerome. That's <laughs> pretty good. That's pretty good. I give it seven point five. Okay. Okay, I like it. All right, we got two more here. So. Uh, you're trying to have your cake and eat it too, but baby, you tripping. You can't have it two ways. You're not Aaron Wiggins. <laughs> that, you know what? 9.75. Oh, my God. You're you getting there. Okay. You, okay. You're getting there. The, the whole two-way, you can't have it both ways. You know, that, that was a good one right there. I like that one. There we go. That was in my bag. That's bars, baby. <laughs> All right, this is the last one. I don't think I'm going to hit a 10 here, but you, you might like it for the originality. You compare me to past relationships, but this ain't even fair. I'm different than those other dudes, like Kenrich Williams' hair. That's that's a solid nine. I like that one too. All right, bet bet. So we got so one. so I had one also. Oh okay. I did. I, I had one. I put one on Twitter. I got didn't get crazy numbers, but did okay. What you got? It goes uh so. I'm gonna let you take charge, girl. You my tank. You hold on. I'm gonna let you take charge, girl. You're my tank commander. Here goes an extension. Shea Gilgis Alexander. I like it. <laughs> I like it. You know what? I'll give you a solid nine point two five. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, no, I uh, I I initially pitched this to my editor, and I was like, I want to write a whole song based off like Thunder players and Oklahoma City, um, from the vantage point of Drake. And then I got in typing, and I'm like, "This is I bit off too much. <laughs> I bit off more than I could chew. I'm just gonna do just singular bars about different players." I mean, here's the thing: you need a beat before you can even do a song. Like, you yeah. need you need to know what your cadence is gonna be. You need to know how you're gonna organize your bars with the beat. So yeah, it's hard to do that just on paper. Yeah, especially I, the way especially the way Drake rhymes. Like Drake likes to put a whole bunch of words in his in his rhyme. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he would definitely try to show Shea Gilgis Alexander in like a small little bar there. So I, I had one more, and this sounds very Drake Drakeish. Okay. Um, so it was a uh, girl. I love the way we did it. I loved you in my own way. Now I'm in Oklahoma. Now I'm in Oklahoma, about to meet up with Lou and Shea. A little, little Toronto love, a little Canada love on that one. Yep, yep, I like it. I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it a nine. I, I think if you can rhyme anything with Gilgis Alexander, it, it automatically boosts you like a solid two point two five. Because you got. So, yeah. What 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 did you rhyme a Gilgis Alexander with earlier? Tank Tank Commander. Tank Commander. Ah, very nice. Very nice. You know what? That's topical. I'm gonna give that a nine point five. Hey, nice. Absolutely. Let's hey, go. Hey, just chill, man. I've you know I'm I'm still the rap king. I got the Aaron Wiggins nine point seven five rap. So let's let's just calm down. Pipe down. 
Uh, man, I'm sad Jerry isn't here. I would have liked to see him try to come up with a rhyme off the top. Yes, I know. It's all good, though, man. Well, hey, you know, we talked about everything from Pacers to the games to Drake lyrics. So, um, if it's all right with you, man, I just want to do a quick share and A uh, to wrap up the pod. Sounds good. All right. Well, hey, you want to kick it off? You want me to? Uh, sure. I guess uh, – Guess my shay is man. I'm, I'm starting, you know, starting to feel a little bit better. I'm on the mend, man. I was, I, I, I got sick for the first time in about two years, man. Like I got a, a sinus infection and it really kicked my butt there. And so I'm on the mend, man. It's you know wearing a mask a lot, like it does protect you from from certain ailments. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you know, when I got this this first one, I was like, yo, I forgot how this feels. This sucks. Um, but I'm back on the man. I'm good, and so moving forward. It's awesome, man. Like I, I listen, I listened to the podcast that we had with uh, with Thomas. I'm um, over at Thunder Mentals. Yeah, and like you could hear, like, you could hear like the snottiness. You could hear like the the nasal nasal Yeah, yep. I'm good now. Hey, that's awesome to hear, man. I got no name, man. I, I got no name. I'm I'm I'm, I'm good and blessed. He's he's grateful and blessed. I like it. Um, yes. All right. I'm trying to – I guess my Shay for the week is Saturday. Um, my group of friends is getting together for Friends Misgiving. Um, so, basically, uh-huh. it, we, we mix Christmas and Thanksgiving together. Um, you know, we don't eat Christmas or Thanksgiving food. We, we make a bunch of breakfast food. But, you know, we all come together. We eat. And we exchange gifts and, you know, just, just a good time chilling with friends, Mm -hmm. um, you know, different people moving to different cities. We got our jobs now, you know, we've got everything we know of us. So if I come home, I'm usually homebound. My wife's definitely homebound. So, uh, it's, it's a good way for us to, you know, reconnect. So I'm excited for that. Um, as far as my name for the week, you know, I, I sent you guys these pictures in the group chat, but, um, here in Kentucky, um, there is a scarcity of home health care nurses. Now, you know, we've, uh-huh. been, we've been making it by um, pretty well on our own. Uh, I can't even say our own. My wife, like, she's just a rock star with it all, you know, taking it all in stride. I go to work every day. And I, I, I now, them, mind you, I, I do want to set up, like, when you sent up, when you sent those pictures, I was like, what the damn hell am I looking at? Like, why is this old lady? <laughs> why, why is Dylan sending out pictures of this old lady? But go ahead and continue. No, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, that, that'll set it up perfectly. But, um, so, you know, we have, we have one nurse that comes in once a month on Saturdays and she started last month and she's coming back on the 18th. So ironically enough, she is our nurse for when we want to go see a Marvel movie. <laughs> um but we have another nurse that um they tried bringing in just to kind of help out going to appointments with you know let chelsea do some things around the house take a nap do whatever um but so she was here training for a couple of days kind of learned everything and she came back this monday um it's worth noting she's late every time she comes but you know that's besides the point um so she gets here monday you know they go through everything they have to go through, you know, kind of going through the day. And Chelsea's like, okay, you got it? And she's like, yeah, I got it, no problem. You know, Nova's asleep on the couch. She's right there with him. So Chelsea's like, all right, cool. You know, I'm going to go in here and fold clothes. 
gets done folding clothes. She walks back out there, and the now, lady's just now, now it makes sense. She just slumped on the couch, and she texts me. She's like, "Dylan, she she's asleep." I'm like, what, what wow. do you mean she's asleep? She's like, like she slumped on the couch, and I'm like, "Uh, that's that's not okay." And so, anyways, like. Eventually, she wakes up. She does her job, everything like that, and she goes home. And yeah, you know, we're she's willing to give her the benefit of the doubt. She comes back the next day, and you know she's sitting in the floor, literally playing with Nova, um, and like you know she's just sitting on the couch, like you know, kind of being there while Chelsea plays with Nova, and Chelsea hears like a like a like a faint sound, and she turns her head, and sure enough, it, and this is the picture that I sent you. She's just just slumped on the couch, just snoring. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and and like, you know, she texts me and she's like, she's she's snoring. Like she's asleep and she's snoring. I'm like, I mean, tell her to go home. She's like, she leaves at 12. I'm just gonna call him and tell him not to send her back. And you now sure enough, like 30 minutes later, she goes to a different seat after she wakes up, falls asleep again, and this time like just the coup d'etat in the picture like i can't post the pictures for privacy purposes on twitter or anything like that but um she's slumped on the couch with like you know her head slumped but also her shoes halfway off of her foot and i don't know why that's just so funny so yeah my my name for the week is our home healthcare nurses uh, was just terrible so she so y'all fired her right yeah now she's done um she's uh, I don't want to say she's under investigation because, like, that sounds dramatic, but, like, you know, we reported it and they're doing their due diligence to, you know, work through all that stuff. And, you know, we're we're not trying to be jerks or anything. Oh, no, heck no, man. But at the same time, man, like, you know, you pay people for a service and they out here sleeping most of the time. We we would get fired from our jobs, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I mean, Chelsea, like, she's she's so nice she's got like a heart of gold like she's it's literally been tearing her up that like this happened and i'm like you did nothing wrong exactly she was asleep on the couch not once not twice three times late every time like you if anything you you gave her too many chances you can have a heart of gold but that money green yeah Mm -hmm. absolutely so yeah that that's my name for the week and you know it's kind of a shake because it's just a funny experience to share with you guys but yeah, man. Other than that, um, you know, that pretty much tears it for us, man. Um I wanna thank you guys for listening, sticking with us. You know, I apologize for uh not posting a Thunder Chats these past couple of days. I've been driving my truck home a lot lately just because I get home quicker that way. And as much as you guys love hearing my turn signal in the background when I do a Thunder Chats podcast, um, you can't hear anything I'm saying when I'm in my truck because it's so freaking loud. So I apologize for that, but, you know, hopefully I'll be able to get off early enough to bring my car home a few times and, you know, record a couple of Thunder Chats for you guys. But, yeah, I want to thank you guys for listening. Thank you all for the support. Um, Be sure to, you know, as always, wash your hands, wear a mask, get vaccinated if you haven't, Um, wear a mask where you need to, Um, hoop when you can, and on behalf of myself and Alex here, as always. Thunder up. And don't hire people that fall asleep on the job. Absolutely. <laughs> 
Thank you for listening to the Topic Thunder podcast. Our podcast is available to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play, or anywhere else you listen to your podcast. Be sure to leave us a five-star rating and a positive review, and follow us on Twitter at OKC Topic Thunder. Thunder up! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.